So, yes, I was an accounting uh, major. I became an accountant for a short period of time in my life back in, I think, let's see, 89, 90. Uh, decided to go to law school a couple years later when I got bored they use with paper the accounting profession. Yeah, right? Um, right, okay. Yeah, there was no such thing as, uh, certainly before emails or anything else of that nature. And oh, accounting was a little boring, so I decided to... Uh-huh test my skills in the litigation foray by going to some law school down in Florida. And uh-huh. here I am 23 years later, actually, uh, litigating oh. away and in um, in employment wow. law pretty much from day one. Wow. And on both sides of the aisle, good for you. I like a man who stands for justice rather than is wedded to one side. Mark, uh, in, in today's world, the, the very term harassment is shrouded with a lot more myth and fact, and, and everyone's trembling, you know. So, as an attorney uh, who really knows, uh, I'd like to ask first, kick off with two defining questions. First, 
from the victim's point of view or the seeming victim's point of view, what does qualify as workplace harassment sufficient for me to take legal action? Okay, so you're asking from the victim's perspective. From the victim's Correct. perspective, everything is harassment. Because, again, putting, <laughs> putting, putting aside what the law actually says in a moment, right? Okay. From the victim's perspective, everything's harassment. And from the a business owner's perspective, maybe we'll get to that shortly, but from the business owner's perspective, nothing's harassment, right? So <laughs> legal, okay. from a, an actual legal perspective, most mm-hmm. often what employees deem as what appears to be harassing type behavior is not Correct. legally recognizable as harassment. So, for example, right, uh-huh. you, you mentioned earlier on if somebody says things about um, someone's look or, or someone's this, that could start to lean toward, the, toward that fashion. But if you have a business right. owner who's just not a nice person and the employee right. feels, and let's just use a he-she example here. Let's say you sure. have a, a female employee and she – um, her position is, well, my male boss yells at me all the time. And as a result, right. I perceive that as harassment. Well, that, and, and again, the legal, the favorite legal term is it depends. So if that <laughs> business owner is just, is just a real SOB and just right. likes to yell at his or her employees, that's not harassment from a legal perspective. That's just having an SOB. An boss SOB is a boss, right? Who, just, who, who is just a loud mouth. Um, we'll call it offensive person, but that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean again not from a sexual harassment perspective. Just loud, obnoxious, and if the employee does not want to work for this person, the employee could certainly leave and work elsewhere. Now, in the right. same example we just discussed, if the boss only yells at that employer, only yells at female employees, uh, but does not do so at male employees, or only yells at folks who are of a certain religious sect, but does not yell at other persons uh, of, of a different religious sect, or age, or, or, or disability, or again... All the old people, so all the Catholics take it on the chin kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it, what it, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is if an owner or a supervisor or somebody... Of, in management treats a subordinate differently than other people mm-hmm. in that employee. And that ah. different treatment is the result of, again, fill in the blank, that person's age, gender, sex, disability, age, whatever it might be. So that's distinctive, it distinguishing quality. Distinguishing right. quality. And well, that's now, when it becomes legally recognizable harassment. And it has to be, I'm inferring from what you've just said, you talked treatment. This means continued. This does not mean I go in one day, he gives me hell, and uh, no matter what he says, he's never said it before, but he's really laying it on me this, this whole Tuesday. Uh, that's, that's not continued. That's not treatment. That's an incident, correct? Well, yes and no. Um, from the employee's perspective... <laughs> Absolutely, right, uh, as we joked about before. But, but in truth, I mean, the law kind of uh, alludes to the fact that it needs to be ongoing, pervasive, offensive. But there are mm-hmm. occasions mm-hmm. where one, one remark could be so offensive. Right. I mean, of course, 
um, you know, think about certain words that are so offensive to, to certain individuals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one racial epithets that, so. ra- yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, something of that nature would just mm-hmm. be off the charts beyond the norm that one would expect during either a work day right. or even a work moment where that could certainly right. be enough and sufficient under the law to constitute what would be recognizable as a harassment or her, we'll call it a harassing environment. Now, Mark, getting uh-huh. back to what you said earlier about from the employee's perspective, what we were speaking right. about, most part, is a hostile work environment. There are, there are, of course, the other type of harassment, which is, it's a Latin term, it's called quid pro quo. And Correct, yes. what okay. the interpretation of that is, what the, the translation, should I say, it's something for something. So this is the other style of harassment that kind of appeared, went away for many years, but has now made an ugly return in the last Mm -hmm. year or so after the whole Harvey Weinstein aspect of what's caused me two times up and everything else. And that is where, (laughs) again, a business owner or management or somebody says says to a subordinate, if you do X, Y, Z, and the X, Y, Z, some sort of sexual overt act, I will right. then promote you. I will then not fire you. I will then give you, give you a raise. Whatever the case might be, right. that's a whole other type of of harassment. Where that falls into threat, threat in a way, doesn't? No. Well, it's not a threat. I Meaning, it's not a physical threat okay. where it's criminal in uh, nature. That's true. But at the same point, it, I guess it could be viewed as some sort of civil threat. But more in terms mm. of again, if you do X, Y, Z. I will do this, I will do that. That is a different type of harassment. It's called quid pro quo. It falls under the uh-huh. same sexual harassment umbrella, yeah. but there certainly well, one incident is more than, than enough. And in that instance, there's something called vicarious liability, which means there is mm-hmm. no defense to when uh-huh. an allegation like that is proved. A, a business owner can say, well, I, you know, I didn't know, or I had an off day, or or, or whatever the case might be. <laughs> yeah, right. If, no, no, no. There's something. Yeah. And it's proven. I mean, that's as, it. I mean, that that is. That as, is a strict as Thoreau right said, there's. Right, as Thoreau said, there's certain kinds of circumstantial evidence that are beyond the pale, such as finding a trout in the milk. And uh, now, I I see what you mean, and, and we're going to talk about proving that allegation later, but. Uh, let's take a at it now from the business owner's point of view. What qualifies in as in harassment as harassment that I, as a business owner, uh, that can come and bite me as the business owner? In other words, if not if if my production manager does something to a, harasses an employee, what may be seen legally as my fault, uh, the, the fault of me and the firm? Okay, so it's it's a uh, compelling answer because it's it, it's layered. Okay, so let me try to uh, break this down okay. a little bit. Okay, all right. You're you're doing first, very first well, by the way. I'm fine. I, even I am understanding this, which gives you an idea. But try, but try. So <laughs> let's start with the size of the business owner that we're speaking about. So okay. under the federal law, these the, all the laws that we're discussing thus far do not yeah. apply 
under the federal under the federal uh, system for any business owner that has less than 15 employees. So if you have uh-huh. a small or even medium-sized business that has 14 employees and mm-hmm. an incident like this arises where a hostile work environment is alleged, the easy the easiest defense is well we don't have 15 employees, and as a result, these laws are not applicable to us. And, right. and that it, business it, owner would be correct. Personal. Now, where that gets a little more compelling is from a state level, and depending upon the state, it, it, it's, it's all over the charts, uh-huh. anywhere from, from one to 20 employees. <laughs> on the state you're oh in. So, goodness. for example... Here in New Jersey, where, where I'm actually calling you from, um, you only need one employee to allege har- harassment, discrimination, what have you, under the state's laws. Now, right. go over the Hudson River into, into New York. In New York uh-huh. State, you need four, four employees. So ah. for business owners that are, in, that are in New Jersey and they that have either one, two, or three employees – I tell all of them to take their practice and move them immediately. <laughs> um, yes. New York. If you're going to be an SOB, be, being in New York, you're allowed more people. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and again, and you're oh, okay. different states, different, different laws. And it's not uh-huh. even just the number sometimes. It also depends upon the amount of damages that are available. Oh, so, yeah. again, comparing uh, just quickly New Jersey and New York, the damages are so much more significant in New Jersey. The, the, the state really? is much more huh. friendly, whereby in New Jersey, most folks bring claims under the state law, no matter how many employees the business owner has. But into uh. New York, um, even, even if they have the full um, ability to go through the city, the state, federal, most will go through federal because the state law is not as strong as the federal law. So there's so many different perspectives on that end, and I know oh, I kind of went a little tangential to your question. Getting back to what you were asking about the business owner, uh, from yeah. a defense perspective, it all depends. Um, in a, let's talk about somebody that has management. I think your original question had a, a project manager. Yeah. If a right. project manager does something wrong, and maybe your question is alluding to, well, how would the business owner know about it? And maybe that's yeah, where you're going. Uh, how and, could and, it come back to bite the the business owner? Is is what I'm. So yeah, yeah. if it's a manager, the the business owner is liable for acts of its management, of its supervisors, or anybody at that level on up. Where it gets more, where it gets more complicated, is when you have coworker to coworker type of harassment. So this is the same level, the same Sally level. and Jim are at the exact same level. Yeah, right, right there. Same They're level, or, or neither one of them reports to the other, and yeah. he or she allegedly harasses the other. What then is the business owner's liability? And if I that's see. the question, the answer is yeah. again, it depends. And <laughs> there, there is it was a, a number of decisions a number of years ago. I don't want to complicate this too much legal-wise, but there's something called the Farragher-Ellerth defense, 
Those were two okay. separate decisions that were rendered collectively by the United States Supreme Court. And what that means Sounds in essence, perfectly legally Byzantine. What is it? What it means in essence is that employers have a defense. It's called an affirmative right. defense. And, right. and it comes down to knowledge. So if that employer, and this is very important, if that business owner has an employee handbook, where it almost becomes a must at this level, have an employee handbook, right. and the employee who is alleging the harassing does not follow right. the protocols that are set forth in that handbook. So, for example, the handbook right. might say, if you believe you were harassed, you must report it to HR, you must report it to the president or, yeah. or the, whomever, the designated yeah, person or, or, whatever, or individuals yeah. in the handbook. Well, if the employee doesn't tell anybody or maybe only tells a coworker at that same level, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is not notice to the business owner. So that uh, is where the business owner is able to demonstrate lack of knowledge, but that would be challenging without the employee handbook, because again, at that point, the employee will say, well, nobody told me that there was a procedure to follow. Well, I think you just, yeah, I think, Mark, you've just given me one very, one of our other questions I was going to ask about later on about uh, what we want to do, um, what, what, uh, business owners need to do, and that seems like the very, very first one right there. If you have just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, and we uh, are, I'm sorry, uh, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m., Eastern Time streams magically through the glittering, mysterious enigma of cyberspace, where you may listen uh, to this and all our episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. We are on a host of internet streams and live radio, but the easiest way to uh, find all our episodes is theartoftheceo.com. Now, um, Mark, uh, just uh, to sort of Give us a, a, a couple of things here. Uh, you, I'm sure you have handled scores of complaints, and I was wondering if you could give us, just just for the fun of it, a couple of things that have been laid at your door that really do not qualify as harassment uh, complainer cases. Got a, got a couple of uh, stories for us? Things that do not qualify? Well, it kind of goes back yeah. to what we were speaking about earlier where, I mean, I, I, I'm dealing with folks you know, day in and day out, whether it be... Um, emails, live live meetings, phone calls, and pretty much know in the first 15, 20 seconds where this matter is going to go because you kind of get a sense that it's not going to lead to the path where someone's going to actually be alleging something that would constitute harassment. Again, getting back to earlier on, you know, my boss, you know, um, curses, curses all the time. That's a great example. Right. Cursing, right? right. Sounds really bad. Um, but mm-hmm. if that same boss curses all the time to everybody, it's not right. treating yes. somebody differently on account of their race, their age, their gender, etc. And as a result, that is just a terrible place to work. The employee could He's an equal opportunity in institute, right? Not working. No. Okay. Well, it's equal opportunity, but if... So, and what I tell business owner clients sometimes in a joking fashion, 
when yeah. we sit down and we kind of go through some, through, through some annual consulting, uh-huh. is if you if if it's being perceived that you're treating, and let's just use uh, gender here, if it's perceived that sure. you're treating women differently than, than men because you seem to be perceived as yelling at women or cursing at women, just do it to everybody. Because even yeah. if you're not an SOB, <laughs> yes. become one. Okay. And, uh, and if you can't that, control your nastiness, <laughs> spread it, take it abroad. You know, there's a great business. There's a great business truth in there, man. Well, actually, Mark, well, one of the things you have done something. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I just want to. Say, I, I do want to interrupt before we before we have to take a break, because this is something I do want to talk about. You have done a great service to all workers. I'm not sure you're helping your billable hours here, but you've done a great service. You have developed an harassment app. Am I right? So, could you tell us about it? And my wife wants to make sure she knows where she can get one. <laughs> sure, Bart. Be happy to. <laughs> so, um, after about a. After about 22 years in practice uh, and seeing things that have happened over the years, of course, where, where websites became very popular and, and different forms of communication, it dawned upon me about a year ago that there are times that em- certainly employees and business owners as well just don't have the ability to go on and do a search on, on, an in- on the Internet or wherever where they, when they're in a compelling type of situation – Telling meaning a harassing type of situation, whether it's the person that is, 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 feels that she, he or she is being harassed or whether someone suddenly is being accused, they need answers on a 911 basis. And as a result, right, gotcha. I, developed, I developed an app. And the simple phrase is harassment law. Um, it has a corresponding sister website, which actually I developed back in the late 90s called harassmentlaw.com. And okay. this, but this app, uh, now again, getting us into the 21st century here, um, in 2018, this app was developed about a month ago, and it provides uh-huh. really, um, all the answers that an employee or a business owner would look for in a situation that he or she feels compelled to need to speak to an attorney on a 911 basis. Now, let me just throw a quick caveat in there. If it's a true right. 911, yeah. especially for the employee, please do not yeah. reach out to me. Call the police. So in a, in oh, a real right, harassment, right. Yeah. real physical situation, well, I'm yeah. using 911 in a very tongue-in-cheek fashion. If it's true 911. Right, no, but you're talking about real danger, real harassment that is uh, is cause, is has uh, Damoclesian harm coming right at you. We're talking more about a situation where I don't know what to do, and I need right. help. And it's not—it's yeah. certainly not a criminal 911 level, but it's something that I just don't know. And my—I feel like I'm being harassed. Uh, my boss wants to take me out for drinks, and I have five minutes to decide what do I do. Um, so oh, I gotcha. the app I gotcha. provides the app provides that type of information, but it, what more more importantly, it also provides access to an attorney on a 24-7 basis. So I've set up a team whereby if somebody is truly in a compelling situation, there's a hotline button on the app where when the, whether ah. it be the employee or business owner that um, wants to seek access, that person will have okay. access to an attorney 
uh, to be able to speak with a lawyer on an immediate basis, to be able to obtain some general immediate information on what or what not to do in that in that compelling matter. I think that's and great. Thereafter, of course, uh, yeah. thereafter, of course, I could turn okay, to a relationship. Yes. So, okay. so the yeah, so the website's harassmentlaw.com, and the app available on the Google Play and also on the Apple Store is simply harassment law. One one word, harassment law. All right. Thank wonderful. You. Well, after this rich and delightful diet of wise enlightenment that Mark's been laying out for us, I believe it's time to truly take a brief survey and allow me to proffer you a few utensils for today's Feast of Wisdom. And first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you review your words and think how you might more effectively bring your point to others, or will you continue to use words as a satisfying emotional lease while the listener is unconsidered? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense your yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book, so let me pull it right out, and, and, okay, here we, ah, here we have, this is, this will work, uh, our general counsel is the sort of person who would not have signed the Declaration of Independence if he had found the word pursuit misspelled. Now, what do you think, Mark? Uh, defend your profession. Are all are all lawyers uh, deal breakers like that? <laughs> Some are. Um, so the ans- the short answer is yes and no. Bart, uh, no, no question. <laughs> that depends. <laughs> like any good harassment lawyer. Exactly. No, so no question, lawyers will certainly complicate matters. No question. And I don't know of any lawyer that w- would not admit to that. But sometimes matters require complication. And it happens oh, yeah. more often than not in a partnership situation between best oh, friends, between yeah. family members, where they, yeah. they have those handshake type agreements. Everything's great until one day something happens. And, and then it's not so great. And, and they, they come to a lawyer's office and the lawyer says, okay, well, where's the partnership agreement? Where's the operating agreement? Where is something? Right. And the word and pursuit is says, misspelled. Right. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. We don't have a written agreement. So that's where sometimes it's better to have it more complicated earlier on and certainly much uh, less expensive than it is later well, on when things go awry and then everybody lawyers up, and then it becomes ridiculously expensive. Well, as an after, as my own personal afterthought on that, I think it's good to have a good watchdog in your staff, as you say, keep things uh, complex early, just so long as the final decision maker is one of those fire-breathing creator who wants to grow, grow the enterprise and build a little excitement in your life. At any rate, if you... Uh, smirked over that quip. We have them literally by the books full. Just pick up 102 or 101 best business quips and you will find your tongue loosing barbs and singers to the will live in the life of your chain gangers at work. And uh, as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to of last week's quotation. That is, what is the name of the individual who said, give me a man who is wise enough to make a fool of himself? Those words were spoken by none other than the prolific Roman historian who was 
wise enough to live in his histories and uh, with his own little laughter, that was Tacitus. And if you're intrigued by that quote, you may uh, thank Miss Eileen Cephalus, CFO par excellence, head of the Nerdy Bookkeeper Group. And if your firm needs some fiscal counsel, just contact Eileen, care of this station, info at bartsbooks.com. And stick with us, because later at the show, we're going to blurt another quotation your way. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind and a career-igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before we return to our uh, sage mentor of harassment, Mark Carber, allow me to introduce you to the company by whose good graces we are here today. That firm is Prometheus Publishing, uh, and who invites you to take scrutiny at their latest volume, CEO of Yourself. This is a little gem of a guide that is about, well, getting down to the business of your more rewarding life. So let me ask you, my friend, who's making your choices? Are you directing the enterprise of you, or have you fallen into default mode? And is that governance bringing you that more fulfilling life you know is out there? Well, uh, if not, may I suggest to you the art of the CEO. And it's I have a little caveat here. The art the CEO of yourself is not um, a, for lazy for the lazy, nor is it for weaklings. It makes you stand up using the model of chief executing officer. It makes you form such things as principle and forging your own character and sculpting yourself into the more effective person you want to be. So if you've got that kind of fire in your belly, pick up your copy of CEO of Yourself. Visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy. For, uh, for Carpe Diem, my friend, you are indeed worth it. And now, returning to Mark Garber, who uh, is destroying the myths and polishing up our understanding on workplace harassment law, uh, you've noticed Mark, you, you have said that uh, harassment statues, that a shift in harassment statues may be coming our way. Uh, the federal courts are changing. The administration is appointing new judges. Do you see any dramatic shifts in harassment law coming at us that we need to be uh, aware of? So, interesting question, Bart. So, since 1964, the federal law, has not protected the class of folks that would fall under the umbrella of sexual orientation. And again, I'm putting state law aside, some city statutes aside, but from a federal perspective, sexual orientation is not protected. Recently, in what's called the Second Circuit, and there's a number of other circuits around the country as well, but not all of them, only a handful, but the Second Circuit, which is New York and Connecticut, rendered a decision a few months back whereby it's the Title VII, which, again, is kind of where all these laws kind of stem from back uh, from 56 years ago, excuse me, 54 years ago. Um, That seems to be shifting whereby in the Second Circuit, sexual orientation is now falling under, excuse me, under gender, uh, gender discrimination. So it is falling within what's not constituted under known federal law, but different pockets of federal uh, circuits throughout the country are now starting to recognize sexual orientation. So when those things happen, when there are different 
views from different circuits throughout the country, that generally will make its way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And I see. If that, if that were to happen today, it would be a very, very close split. If that were to happen, ah. let's say, in November or, or uh-huh. even sooner, if there's going to be um, with Judge Kavanaugh, if, if he becomes a member of the Supreme Court, or if there are other changes, of course, in the future, depending upon who's in the White House, has a, sure, a very sure. big impact on that. Um, that might dictate to where that will go, whether sexual orientation ah. will be protected or not protected under the federal statutes. Now, of course, that could change. So in, in years it, down it, the road, the makeup of the court changes. We, that we could can't change. go that well, that's a great thing about being that's a precedent, right. having a precedent law, as is that it can change. And as you're saying, we need to watch out for the shift. And when, as it does happen, we're going to have to have you back on the show. And I do want to. There's so much more I want to ask you, but there is one thing I, I did want to clear up, uh, Mark. There's one individual who just seems really powerless in this whole harassment system, and that is the wrongly accused. And this is particularly tough in this case, since so often it comes down, it should come down to a he said, she said, but it seems as if the accusation is, is uh, with, comes in with guilt assumed. From the media coverage I read, it appears uh, that uh, sexual unappreciated behavior is as good as guilt. And blame, of course, leads to lurid headlines, which get gobbled up. And, and uh, this, can be, uh, of course, can be ruinous to a person's reputation. So, Mark, suppose I've just been wrongfully charged with an actual harassment. Uh, my company wants to fire me. Do, do I have any re- redress at all on this? So, yes and no. <laughs> Jokingly, <laughs> yes, it depends. So, we need more one-handed lawyers. Anyway, go ahead. So, it, it, as you were starting to uh, put, put together the question, it sounded as though you were talking from the business owner's perspective. But you finished up by almost saying that if it was a wrongly accused employee, individual. Of a yes, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I am speaking of the, of the individual who is who has a claim launched against him and by, uh, by the business in which he is. Okay. So sure. So does that person have does that person have rights? Yes, but they're limited. So let's say Mary alleges that John. Um, discriminated against her, harassed her, or did whatever, she, she properly reported up the chain. The chain has a zero-tolerance policy or any sort of policy in place, and, they, and word gets out that Jane, um, Jane made this allegation. And Mary John made the allegation against John, yeah. Mary, Mary, and then what happens? Generally, John could be fired, Right. Where now does John have rights? Well, if a similar situation arose, and in that similar situation, now we're talking about somebody named Jim, Jim was not fired. Jim instead got a slap on the wrist. And and Jim is a a significant breadwinner for the company. John's not. Ah, and the company right. decided, well, we're going to keep Jim, but we're going to fire John. And, you know, let's assume similar allegations. Yeah. Right. 
it's still fine because the company has the ability to hire, fire, do whatever it, it wants in right. an at-will type of environment. Where it gets okay. complicated is if there are differences more so than in just the work product of John and Jim. So and let's Jim. say yeah, black. I see. Jim is white. Um, oh, John is 75. Jim is 35. Right. Or gotcha. John has gotcha. John recently returned from being out for cancer treatment. Um, Jim did not. And oh. you can go you know, down that path on so many different levels. Now, in, in most well, instances, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. most employees never think that he or she did anything wrong when an allegation is made. So, well, it can't be me, right? I know I didn't do anything wrong. Right. So it must be because of my fill-in-the-blank, skin color, age, gender, what right, have you. Right, exactly. So it, might not, so it might not be so obvious when it first happens, but as time goes, and we don't have a lot of time because, of course, there are no. limitation periods, what have you, but if it's realized or even alleged that, well, this happened to me because of the color of my skin or, or, or again, fill in the blank, but it didn't happen to this then other person. Then he can person. do something. And, right. and in that situation, it was even a worse allegation. That's when the, that accused employee could suddenly have rights that that accused employee would not necessarily have but for the comparison that we just discussed. This is an exhaustive thing, Mark. Uh, I, I don't think uh, we, we certainly can't solve it all here. So just quickly, could you tell us if I do have some employment uh, law issues uh, from either end, how can I get a hold of you and Bertone Puccini uh, firm to, to give me a hand? Um, oh sure, God. but I'm happy to share that information. So we have offices in New York and New Jersey. The office number, well, I'll give you the 800 number that's utilized through the app and the okay. website as well. It's 833-4-HARASS. So that's the number four, followed by that's harass. Uh-huh. Easy enough, right? Um, right. Uh-huh. And, I can do that. And that will be, be the way to contact us. Let me just make one one last point. Uh, Bart, because it's something you brought up, I believe, in one of your spots earlier where you spoke spoke about man wise enough to make a fool of himself. As you uh-huh. said that, yes. it caused me to think of, of, of one other piece that I would love to share with your listeners. Taking okay. everything if, it, I if it's brief, go ahead. It's very brief. Taking everything we've discussed in the last, uh, in the last uh, period of time, put all that aside when it comes time mm-hmm. for holiday parties. Because Right. Men who are wise suddenly become very unwise during holiday time, and they make very, <laughs> very um, unfavorable and inappropriate type of decisions, and they make comments because when you mix the workplace and you mix alcohol, chaos ensues. It's why I have very busy Januaries and why oh my God. it would be highly recommended for your audience to uh, prepare and to download whatever they can now because chances are some of them are going to be needing it at a critical moment come holiday time in December. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. 
Mark, very much. Drinking makes a man more pleased with himself. I do not say it makes him more pleasing to others. So I thank you very much for coming on the show. We very much appreciate it. We'll have to have you back on, particularly to keep our eyes on the laws of the change. Thanks for coming on, Mark. Thanks, Mark. So as we round out today's feast, I am your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. Who was it who said, legislation and case law still exist in some parts of the United States permitting passion shooting by a husband of a wife? The reverse, of course, is called homicide. (laughs) As a hint, this American attorney was the author of Abortion Rap, which helped lead the way in 1970 to challenging... uh, many of New York's most restrictive abortion laws. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com, info at bartsbooks.com. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, our CEO wanted to say, uh, our CEO wanted to start a peer group, but he couldn't find anyone he believed was his equal. <laughs> we all agree he's without peer, but probably... We're placing him at the other end of the art stick. And to you gleefully sharing our feast, I hope that you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO show as much as uh, Mark and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this and all our shows at theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you.